Hello. What is up, everyone? This week, uh, we were so lucky because Morgan was in Chicago. Hell yeah. And how was it, Morgan? It was a lot of fun. I was originally out there to work on a set, and afterwards I stayed. I had road tripped out to Chicago, actually. Um, And while I was there, we hit up a few Second City shows and went to a single museum that I intended to go to, and I intended to go to way more, but I just hit up one. <laughs> um, it was it was a lot of fun. Met a lot of really cool people. It's a really cool, like, young little area. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I love it here so far, uh, so I'm really happy you liked it. Um, and this week, we uh, we sat down with uh, one of those cool people that Morgan got to meet, um, and I have the privilege uh, to work with uh, five days a week. His name is Mondo Brigham, um, a sketch writer, performer, comedian, general, cool person, um, really involved in Second City. Uh, among other things, uh, we got to talk a lot about, uh, growing up and, uh, growing up through humor and kind of how he got started, uh, on this whole path. Um, and that was really exciting to, to listen to. We had a lot of fun making it. He was super cool to talk to. So I'm sure you guys will hear that, (laughs) but, uh, have a great one. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, have fun. Here it is. I feel like that's not a big ask. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how they, how they like, organize their pickles or whatever, but I feel like they could just take the jar and kind of dump a little bit on the bun. Just soak it in it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or I call like a day in advance and I let <laughs> them know that I'm coming so that they have like a day to marinate it. That, that's actually not a bad idea. Just request a pickle juice soaked chicken sandwich. Yeah. Then wouldn't that be pickling the chicken sandwich? <laughs> we could also pickle the chicken in a jar. You know how you can pickle Yes. Those? And then fry it or fry it before and then pickle it. That's the American dream. Wait. <laughs> you, you didn't answer the question, but it's cool. It is the American dream. <laughs> but would you pickle it before frying it or fry it or pickle it after frying it? Pickle it. After frying it. Okay. Wait, no, no, before frying it. I think okay. before. Okay. Because you can't, it would just, all the frying Fry stuff. Fry it in would... pickle juice. Exactly. What? Exactly. Mind melt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. <sighs> that was beautiful. We could start a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> we should. Yeah. <sighs> It'll just have that, though. If you don't like it, get the fuck out. Leave. Go yeah. across the street to a normal chicken place. Hopefully there oh. won't be another chicken place, but. Hello. We'll be the only one for the okay. Or we can get, like, a whole square that's just ours, and then we just get four of the same chicken plates. So it's like, you, they can't escape it. Yeah, yeah. There's different branding, different name. Mm-hmm. Even, like, saying things like normal chicken. Yeah. Like, that'll be the name of the business, and they'll come in, and we'll be like, hello. Or we can, like, have mustaches, and so we, like, mm-hmm. run around, and then, like, yeah. we're like, were you over there? And they're like, no, that was my brother or mm-hmm. my sister. Perfect. Yeah. Or sibling. I feel like we should say sibling. So we're more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could have like 20 of us. Yeah, we could. Who's to say we aren't the Duggar family? 
You know, that's crazy because I've been having dreams that I was in that band. Nightmares or dreams? Dreams. <laughs> Fantasies. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. What's up? Hello. Oh, has it started? Oh, oh, it's ongoing? Okay, great. Now they're going to steal our business idea. Yeah, <laughs> come on. I'll just... <laughs> I'll overlay an, a, like a beep, but through the whole conversation. Yeah. Well, can you actually... just like centering out one word, it's centering out... Every word. Every single word. Mm-hmm. It's just a minute and a half long of that would be entertaining but could you instead do like 80s 90s radio sounds like dolphins and stuff like this is 101.4 the dolphin (laughs) but like without the 101.4 thing just the dolphin (laughs) or that's like that one episode of Spongebob where they kept cussing and they would put the dolphin noise yes How'd they, how'd they get that greenlit? I feel like producers should not approve that for a kid's show. But I'm I happy thought it was hilarious. It was funny. <laughs> a better time. Yeah. <laughs> when TV was good. Yeah. Back in my day, we had Spongebob. The golden age. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good time. But I also wonder if it was only good because that was those were like our formative years, you know? So whenever something was even decent, like those shitty Disney movies... Oh, excuse me. We don't use the word shitty about Disney movies. Okay, right. Um, Wait, hold on, hold on. Bad Disney movies? Hold on, though. (laughs) Hold on. I have gone back and rewatched some, like, stuff that I watched on Disney when I was a kid that I was like, fuck, yes, this is it. Like, this is a whole moment, you know? (laughs) Some of them, some of them have a, a lot of them... (laughs) Did not. <laughs> no, I believe it. It's often been said that the movie Blank Check was the Citizen Kane of the 2000s. <laughs> I think that was, those are Roger Ebert's last words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's the worst one, do you think? The worst, like, Disney movie? Oh, God. The movie or TV show? Whichever one you prefer. That would not hold up, like, whatsoever. Oh boy, I feel like I steered clear of those ones, but let me dig in the old noodle here for a second. I mean, literally any of their animated movies before like 1990 were like yeah. hella racist. So yeah. like they didn't hold up in that sense either, you know? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Man, I can't think of one that didn't blow me away, except this is controversial. When I was younger, I watched the movie Atlantis and didn't dig it. Did not. Oh, like it. that yep. is that's that a hot is take. controversial. I, I know, but I I've not seen it, so like I can't really talk. But it seems like it's a hot take. <laughs> yeah, it is. They Atlantis has a lot of fans, but I when I was a kid, I just didn't like it. Um, but I will rewatch it as an adult and see if my perception has changed. Okay, I loved it as a kid, and I rewatched it, and it wasn't as good as I remembered, but it. It was still nostalgic because I I liked it before. Okay. So I don't know if you, what your experience is going to be like. But. Yeah, I'll come in with fresh eyes, mm-hmm. so I I won't have that nostalgia attached to it, so I can give a fair assessment. I feel like. Mm-hmm. So we should do that on uh, the next podcast. <laughs> and critique it throughout. Nice. Morgan just mentioned that the last episode we we put out. She was like, "We need to do a watch and react." I was like, "Oh yeah, I heard that." Like, oh yeah, yeah, we do. We should. Yeah, that'd be I'm fun. Down. <laughs> I listened to that part. Actually, that's where I left off. I couldn't finish the whole episode. So 
sorry. <laughs> Wanda's never listened to an episode of her uh, podcast. I've listened to three-fourths of an episode. <laughs> I feel like that's something. Um, three-fourths of something. Yeah. <laughs> Partially something. Um, which, I guess, being almost seven minutes in, um, you should introduce yourself. Oh, right. Um, hey, my name is Mondo Brigham. And I am uh, <laughs> Sorry. Rachel's friend. <laughs> Whoa, and, uh, fuck you. Whoa. Uh, wait, you didn't let me finish. And Morgan's best friend. Okay. <laughs> Loser. You said I had to be honest on the podcast. It's fine. I'm trying to best friend, so. Yeah, well, she's everyone's best friend. <laughs> no. No. Honestly, you two you do. You know that's a, not true. I know. You two do have a special connection. We do. She fucks with you. She's my goddaughter. You, oh, really? Yeah, I put myself as did your you godmother. Talk, did you talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, good to know. Stitch is right next to us, too, right in the middle. I got, I got, I got godmothered in when this became my phone background. Ah, now. right, like, yeah. <laughs> You don't need any documentation. You just need a screensaver. That's, that's yeah, that's basically it, yeah. you know. So if I just get a screensaver of some random children, I get their children if their parents pass away? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't realize the Supreme Court just passed that law. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So hard to keep up with things. They went after Roe v. Wade, then that. So, okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Perfect. No. Their priorities are. They went Roe v. Wade, uh, the entire environment, then that. Yes, yeah. yeah. I forgot about the order there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was very strategic how they did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were like, let's just ruin everything, but weekly. No, <laughs> let's, take, let's take away like most of the population's rights and then immediately kill everyone so it doesn't matter yeah, they're really doing good work up there <laughs> doing God's work <laughs> that's that's what they think that <laughs> is what they think mm-hmm. hive mind up in there Jesus Christ <laughs> fuck the Supreme Court so true bestie you can quote us on that <laughs> yeah can you, can you like put that on a loop and turn it to an EDM song <laughs> fuck Fuck the Supreme Court. Fuck the Supreme Court. Supreme Court. Supreme Court. Perfect. When I'm listening to this over and over again, I'm just going to listen to that part. Let's clip it with maybe like a Pursuit of Happiness remix. At what point... Wait, hold on. Yeah, sorry. Shut up. At what point do you listen to our podcast over and over again? I've listened to our podcast episode several times. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I've listened to our first one the most. Well, because it's the shortest. It's the shortest. Yeah. Oh, really? The first one we did? T. The two minute one? Or the no. two minute one? The one with Santi. Oh, that's our longest, actually. Damn. I like that one too. Shout out, Santi. Yeah, Santi. <laughs> um. You don't fucking know something. <laughs> I know, but I'm did allowed you, to like him. Did you listen to the podcast of that I one? I did not. Okay, well then, not allowed to like Santi. Okay, sorry. <laughs> You're not a fan. Don't be a fake fucking fan. That's literally the definition. I've heard good things about Santi. Yeah, I've heard good things from good people. So, he's good in my book. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I want to listen to more episodes. I just didn't have time. I know that's a poor excuse, but like no, in this it, context, yeah, like it was very I just met you not that long ago. Didn't, oh yeah, that too. Didn't find out about the podcast until not that long ago. Oh, oh, 
Let's stitch. She wants in on the podcast. <laughs> she's actually, She'll be her. She'll be she's her. actually who we're interviewing, and Mono just happens to be here. Oh. Yeah, Mono keeps talking to us for some fucking reason. <laughs> My bad. I misread the situation. <laughs> so just like, yeah, shut the fuck up. Okay. Zipping lips now. <laughs> Finally. Oh. I like how... She only meowed after you spoke because she didn't meow after Morgan was speaking. No, we have some shit to talk about. <laughs> She's bringing it up at the wrong time. <laughs> She's bringing it up in group therapy. <laughs> I feel like she would love to be on Jerry Springer. Like, I'd go on and be like, yo, Jerry, <laughs> my cat's just, I don't know. She's been, like, giving me issues in the house, and I don't think it's going to work out. I don't think I'm going to renew the, the lease. And then Jerry will be like, well... We have Stitch right now <laughs> behind or backstage, and then Stitch would come out and beat the fuck out of me. <laughs> just like launches through your face. <laughs> I just want you to know that I so clearly saw that in my head. <laughs> that's such a. I think that's a beautiful sketch that you should write. hundred percent. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> off the dome. Off the dome. I'll see. Jerry hasn't been doing too well lately, so he's probably very cheap. I can get him. <laughs> Well, he actually just finished the Jerry Springer show. I oh. thought that was Maury. Are they not the same person? <laughs> no. I, I know, oh, okay. but they, they are adjacent in my mind. That's true. Wait, so he retired? And no, I thought that was Maury. Okay, so the Jerry Springer show is still ongoing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the internet. This is just something we should know. We should. <laughs> everyone should know what Jerry Springer's doing <laughs> at all times. You know what I haven't heard about in a long time? Jerry Springer. What happened to him? Yeah, dude. What happened? He made the nation better <laughs> by giving us a platform to fucking destroy each other on. Dude, she's she's really upset about Jerry Springer. Well, yeah, she <laughs> she has a bad. Uh, <laughs> she's had some bad experiences on the show. <laughs> Got some cat fights. Nice. So Springer, who turned 78 in February, is leaving TV because NBC Universal has canceled his Judge Jerry daytime show after three seasons. I'm sorry, Judge Jerry? Was he appointed by the court? Because that's the way it's supposed to go. (laughs) So I think think the Jerry Springer show ended a while ago Mm. if he has another show. Interesting. That that also got canceled. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's 78? Okay. Yeah. Presidential run, 2024? <laughs> of course he's in court. He's so old. <laughs> yeah. I'd feel good voting for a judge. <laughs> well, you can't vote for judges, so. Oh, right. I didn't think about that. It's because I'm Latino. <laughs> oh. You guys are on different pages. Hmm? You guys are on different pages. Are we? Yeah, because you're talking about how, like, you can't vote a judge into being a judge, correct? Yeah. And oh, he's yeah. talking about... I'm thinking about... Okay, you go. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> he's, he's thinking that you were saying that he personally cannot... Oh, no. Why would I, why would I say that? <laughs> vote for, like, the presidential election. <laughs> well, some states get their way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page now. Yeah. Because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But both things are true, though. Mm-hmm. Both things are based in fact. That was a Venn diagram. Yes. Yeah. And we met in the middle just now. Mm-hmm. Right there. Boom. Mm-hmm. 
You're welcome. Yeah, thank you for bridging us. <laughs> I, I'm the I'm the little like weird opening in the <laughs> diagram. You're the bridge to Dare to Terabithia. Ooh, Dude. Josh Hutcherson's best film. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? The Oscar snubbed film, Bridge to Terabithia. Zathura was pretty good too, though. I didn't watch Zathura. But they had like a string of sci-fi movies, like similar in theme and casting, honestly, in the late two thousands. Mm-hmm. Like was it Zarepa? Zathura. Zathura. Okay, Zathura. Bridge to Terabithia. Space to which? Space? No. Race. Race to which mountain? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, Zena's Zena. Zena. Oh no, no Zena. Zena something. She's like a teenage alien. Oh, I never saw that one. I didn't either, but there are some other movies I'm like picturing, but I just, I can't remember the titles. There's probably something crazy, like, I don't know, Walk to fucking Seaborg or something. <laughs> Starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, um, a good one that he was in was, um, what with Madison Pettis? Yeah. Pettis. Um, yeah. Oh my god. The Tooth Fairy? Does that oh, sound right? Yeah, that that was a banger. That movie fucks. It's <laughs> a good ass movie. Because he, he starts out as like a hard head football player that has no emotions, right? Yeah, yeah that's it. And he it. takes, uh, um, yeah, what's her name? Madison Pettis. Yeah, he takes Madison Pettis under his wing, mm-hmm. like uh, learns to feel emotions and care for another human being. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you know he can't before bringing a child into the mix. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how men are. <laughs> Difficult. <laughs> I wish I could do like a, a trial period with a child so I can learn how to feel again. But I don't want it to be like lifelong, you know. I'm not ready for that commitment. But it'd be nice to just have like a seven to fourteen day trial period. Dude, just go babysit someone. <laughs> uh, I don't, it doesn't really work the same way. Madison Menace is your age. I, dude, I know. That's crazy. Um, the game plan. The game plan. What? Oh! What was the Tooth Fairy? Yeah, okay. The Tooth Fairy... He was the Tooth Fairy. Right. I'm thinking of the game plan. Mm-hmm. I, I think we were both thinking of the game plan. Yeah. But the Tooth Fairy was the title we threw in there. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's a movie where he said Tooth Fairy, I'm pretty sure. Definitely. That's I do definitely remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Tooth Fairy. Another Oscar snub. <laughs> What's the, the fact that it was almost two hours long was ridiculous. What's the Rotten Tomatoes score on that one? 17%. Damn. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I'd like to see the credentials of those movie critics. Yeah. No, absolutely. I want to see what other movies they've rated to. Like, I want to see where their values are at and what kind of taste they have. And their addresses so I can fucking destroy them. Robert Sheckler was in that movie. <laughs> Ryan Sheckler. Who's Ryan Sheckler? What? I'm surprised you don't know who that is. Yeah, I totally know. I totally know who he is. Don't put that on record. (laughs) (laughs) It's too late. I'm not editing that out. No. (laughs) Yeah, I know who it is too, but Rachel, you explained so that way. uh, He was like a a YouTube star. Oh, I remember Austin at home. But Ryan Ryan Sheckler was a skateboarder. And he was in the same vein and same little fandom as Austin Hall. Mm. Let me, let me, let me look him up. 
Let me investigate. Brian Sheckler investigation. Yes. Cool. I actually have no idea who that is. I don't know if that was clear, but... Yeah, <laughs> it was clear. I've never <laughs> seen this man before in my entire life. That's crazy. Well, if Morgan hasn't seen him, I don't want to see him. He must not matter. Just kidding, Ryan Sheckler. If you're listening to this, which I'm sure you are, uh, <laughs> I care about you and I wish you the best. He was. I in... miss you. <laughs> Come back. Um, he was in True ja- True Jackson VP. Mm-hmm. That was a banger. I don't think he's been in anything since 2013. Oh, 2017? He's got to keep his IMDb up, you know? Yeah. That was the last time I posted on Instagram was 2017. That's when we met. What? That is when we met. A lot happened that year. Yeah. You stopped posting on Instagram. <laughs> I met my best friend. <laughs> Ryan Sheckler had a big movie release. <laughs> it did great in the box office. Crushed. Crushed. Um, so, uh, we didn't really get to finish you introducing yourself. So we got off on another possibly 13-minute tangent. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said my name. I got the basics out there, the basic info. You said your name and that you're our friend. And that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I um, feel like that's fitting for my best friend productions. Uh, no, you it, oh, this is you my friend productions. Oh, okay, my friend productions. <laughs> you you wouldn't know because you didn't watch or listen to an episode that has an interviewee. That's true. So when you introduce yourself, you gotta say what uh, type of artist you are. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, my name is Mondo Brigham. Uh, I, the type of artist I am, oh boy, um, God, I've kind of leaped around, you know, I started out doing like, uh, short films and sketch comedy, um, doing a lot of digital stuff, like writing, directing stuff. And I majored in film in college. So that was my primary focus. And then I started making sketch comedy videos and, um, yeah, I did the writing program and improv program at Second City, uh, the writing for late night program, their voices and dialects program. And just kind of like try to figure things out, I guess. And uh, now I'm in their conservatory program, <laughs> almost done. And I write for The Onion and uh, I perform sketch comedy and improv around the city sometimes. And, uh, that's about it. Oh, I guess that was like a, <laughs> I guess I did script reading for some production companies. So oh my I said, god, I don't know. My I said, what type of resume. artist are you? And we got your fucking CV. Yeah, <laughs> my resume. Out there. Have you um, wait? Have you completed all of those courses that you just listed? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that was my okay. like, grad school. I guess. <laughs> uh, what type of artist? Like what? What are some examples of types of artists? I'm a writer. Oh, okay. Or a comedian. Yeah, okay. Or a director. Or Right. You know? Okay, I got you. So like a like an occupation. Like Yeah, what do you do? Thin. Yeah, what do I do? I'd say mostly writing is where I feel comfortable. I feel the most comfortable writing, definitely. And that's what I get paid to do mostly. So 
I guess that, but overall, I don't know, content creator? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a thespian. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I guess writer. We'll go with writer. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you for having me on the podcast, too. It's an honor. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Obviously. The 75% of one episode I've listened to was spectacular. <laughs> so spectacular, you didn't finish the last fourth. No, I had to go to work. <laughs> sorry. That, that was this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did you not take Ox at your place of work and just change it? I should have, and I regret it, but we're here now, so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm alive. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I'm happy for. That's all you're happy for. (laughs) Happy for being alive. Yeah. That's about it, though. And I don't know. I hope to one day, like, make my own sketch comedy shows, like, live. That'd be amazing. Um, I'd love making sketch comedy videos. I'd love to make feature films, television series. Uh, You know, those are pipe dreams, though. Just pipe dreams. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shut up. But yeah, that's the goal. I. Love writing, for the most part. I'm going to play a drinking game with myself editing this and take a shot every time I tell you to shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> I've done it three times already. <laughs> this isn't a very welcoming podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you pointed that out to me, like, last week. Something the fact that I tell you to shut the fuck up all the time. You do. <laughs> Someone needs to, though, honestly. I would keep going if no one stopped me. Okay, well, Rachel and I have this thing called the High Diary. Every time we were high in college, we would write down whatever funny thing happened. And one time I said something really high while stoned, and Rachel turned to me. And she's like, Morgan, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. And that made it into the High Diary. So that's just reminiscent. Wow. Did you feel really good after that? Oh, I felt great. Climb a mountain. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, first of all... Morgan was laughing her ass off when I said that. <laughs> she says it like it was a traumatic event. We were both dying laughing. Sounds pretty funny. <laughs> also, the stupid thing that I said was like, I'm so high that when I move my neck, it feels like a remote and I'm changing the channel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a great statement. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, however, the context was all of us like lined up on the couch. Just staring at the ceiling in silence. And then she says that out of nowhere. <laughs> I feel like that was worthy. <laughs> like, you shouldn't have kept that in your head. That was worth saying out loud. I couldn't have kept it in my neck. Yes, that's <laughs> true. It was moving around too much. Mm-hmm. Just this was it. <laughs> <laughs> she was watching a tennis match. Ah, okay, yes. That involves a lot of uh, head moving. I was not watching a tennis match. I don't think I've ever watched a tennis tennis <laughs> match. <laughs> tennis match. <laughs> we did the match. We did the tennis <laughs> match. You know what? We don't talk about the monster match enough. <laughs> and Dude. I'm here to correct that error. <laughs> this entire podcast is actually just a sponsor for Monster Mash. Oh monster Mash. Sponsor us. <laughs> you That's as a true. song. Let oh. Should be our theme song. Maybe we can get the rights to it. <laughs> this is genius. I don't want to stop this. This is great. Monster Mash. <laughs> we do the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. 
It was a graveyard smash. It was pretty good. I've listened to a lot of Monster Mash. (laughs) I'm a Monster Masher. (laughs) My contribution to any dinner party, Monster Mash potatoes. (laughs) That's a good idea for like a Halloween party. Mm. That's, that's, that's the only thing you serve. Just monster mashed potatoes. <laughs> that's the only thing they can listen to either. <laughs> <laughs> just automatically. That's hilarious. We've actually... That sounds like a weird form of torture. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you die and go to hell, but like you're not that bad of a person. It's just it's like the a medium place. Yeah. All I can imagine, all I can imagine is just like this long, long, long wooden table. And the lights are kind of low, you know? And everyone's in really shitty, like, homemade costumes. And it's just the whole table is, like, a tray. Of one tray? <laughs> Not even, like, buffet lined up. It's just one swimming pool. <laughs> one giant tray of mashed potatoes. And people are just sitting in these, like, really tall chairs, you know? Dude, I would return next year. <laughs> I'd be a frequent guest at that party. <laughs> I don't know because like for me I think of I think of listening to one song that you don't enjoy that that much you know it's not like God's gift to earth kind of song so yeah disputable but (laughs) (laughs) so every time I think of that though I think of uh, when I turned 22 I was like I'm gonna listen I am gonna listen to Taylor Swift's 22 22 times in a row Mm -hmm. and I couldn't do it because it just at 17 times I was ready to blow my fucking you were that close though you had five more to go no I couldn't do it it. I couldn't do it I'm just just so like at a certain point (laughs) (laughs) just meditate to 22 by Taylor Swift (laughs) you're so I feel like you're so aware of the fact that like the song's not getting better like you know and it's just you know, well, that's your I feel goal. like with the Monster Mash, also it's like saying the same thing over and over again, and I think that was the problem with Twenty Two is that it just says the same thing over and over again. Yeah, but that's also like a, a morning to night thing, though. Like you shouldn't do it in one consecutive session. Like if you're gonna listen to it, but this times, Monster Mash party, oh yeah, would be. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a true story that you just unlocked. I forgot it, but a couple years ago, like the year before the pandemic. Uh, Brandon, my mm. best friend in the whole wide world. I love him to death. Um, oh, God. Shout out to Brandon. He's moving here in a few weeks. But, um, <laughs> oh, tea. <laughs> he, <laughs> so he threw a Halloween party and <laughs> he had Monster Mash playing on a loop. And I was on the couch, like already wasted, like within an hour of the party because I helped set up we pregame and stuff. And I'd like started to notice that that was the only song that was playing. And I was like, Brandon, someone, and there was no remote in sight, so I couldn't change it. And so I like finally found him after like ten minutes of looking, and I was like, "Dude, can I please change the song?" And he just like maniacally laughed. He's like, "You noticed?" <laughs> he had this whole, he had a ruse. He was just gonna play that on a loop and hide the remote so no one could change it, and no one noticed until the very end. Except for me, I noticed right away, and I was so annoyed. <laughs> At the end, we like were all grouping up as a party. Died down. And people were like, "Why the fuck is this song playing so much?" <laughs> people were getting really pissed, and Brandon pretended like he couldn't find the remote. And he was deeply mad, but it was all an evil plot. God, that was so fun. That was 
so much alignment. Also, <laughs> that was so niche for us to be joking about that and for you to have a story that was literally the exact same thing. I haven't thought about that in so long. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> god, Brandon. You used to throw bangers, dude. God. Sorry to derail the conversation, but... <laughs> I no, felt that like was it was beautiful. Yeah, I felt like it fit. It was poetic. That was poetic. <laughs> Brandon is the funniest person I've ever met. He's great. He's like my Morgan to Rachel or my Rachel to Morgan. Aww. Mm-hmm. Except it's way deeper because we've been friends for 14 years. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to have a bestie off. Ooh. You want, <laughs> you want a bestie <laughs> off? <laughs> you challenge us? <laughs> <laughs> One time, another Brenton story, he had a chill-off with another chill person, because he's so chill, and we joked, like, you guys should have a chill-off, and it actually became an event. <laughs> Brandon won, obviously. What was the, what was the obviously, measurable? Obviously. <laughs> Classic Brandon. Basically, it was just, like, who could hang out the longest without doing anything, and we just, like, sat on the couch and watched music videos and stuff, and then the person, I can't even remember who it was, <laughs> ended up, like, leaving or something, and Brandon was like, victory. <laughs> it was lame. It was stupid. What <laughs> uh, happened? Uh, she sounds so sad. She is. <laughs> Bitch. Me too. Yeah. Same. Same. This is a sad household. This is a depressing uh, environment to be in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> tell the tell the listeners. No. <laughs> no, they can guess. <laughs> yeah, they can fill in the blank. You know what? Comment, gaps. comment, leave a review for the podcast and tell us. Don't leave an actual review. Just tell us what you think makes this environment depressing. Do you actually get comments and stuff? No, I would love that though. <laughs> I'm just trying to get people to fucking come. Yeah, dude, when we did, um, like, me and I had a sketch group in Michigan called, we were called The Locals, because we were, like, doing it in our hometown, and, I don't know, it... Stop, stop explaining it. Okay. Just be proud of it. Okay, yeah, It's because yeah. it's something fucking cool that you've done. I, I just well, feel like I'd explain the name. Yeah. <laughs> don't but, explain it. Okay. No, I think you should explain it. These people don't know. <laughs> he just okay. made a face like he was, like... It was a chore to explain it. I'm like, oh, I have to explain that. That's just my face. Anything (laughs) I do is a chore. I would love to just not do anything. (laughs) But uh, we had a podcast and we did live events sometimes, like, you know, self-explanatory. But, uh, and we would try to get people to comment and we'd answer questions. And only one time did we get enough viewers to where, like, they were actually commenting and asking us questions. And it was so fun. Like, more fun than just doing a regular podcast. It felt interactive, like a live mm. show. Mm, that's so I exciting. Hope, I hope your listeners comment one day. Dude, I think, watch. like, six of our friends listens to this. Yeah, I've had people verbally be like, oh, nice. But yeah. no one's commented. No one's... Which we love, it. by the way. We're not complaining oh, yeah. about that. Yeah. Like, we are very grateful of, uh, of all the people who are very, like, open with us about the fact that they like our podcast. Yeah. I just also would like comments. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I'm sorry if that's asking for too much, guys. Oh, no. You want to reciprocate. You want some uh, like reciprocal love. You're putting work out there. You're putting art out there. She does not like her um, like her stomach or her sides being like scratched. She will be upset. 
Just do it. Don't do it. Don't torture her. She's not. A, it doesn't make her mad in like a bad way. She thinks you're like playing with her. Dude, she's like purring on me. I feel so chosen. She, so she loves you. She's such a sweet cat. I'm also not very good at talking about myself, like just on the fly. So I guess you'll you'll have to like interview me. I'm not good at interviewing. You just myself. told us like two, like huge stories. You okay, know, cool. That's like, enough. We've been recording for like 35 minutes, you know? I just want to be a good guest, you know? I'm, being, I'm honored to be on your podcast. And I just don't want to, I don't want to blow my shot, you know? I'm too nervous. You're not getting asked back, okay? <laughs> we already decided that before the podcast started. <laughs> God. I so told fun. you. This is, this is, um, I don't know. Retribution. My dad's going to be so disappointed in me. <laughs> your dad? Yeah. I'm so disappointed. This was my one shot. My path to fame. <laughs> Your big shot is coming from <laughs> our big podcast. Moment. This is my lose yourself moment. I fucked it up. <laughs> you lose yourself. <laughs> one shot, one opportunity. I don't know. How did you two like get into comedy though? Like what? Well, no, <laughs> no. Was, uh... How did you get into comedy? Well, I'm curious, just because like I don't know. It sounds like you t- you were a film student, right? What were you? I was pre-med. What? Yeah. So what did you major in? Uh, public health. You're like a good person. That's super cool. I'm not good enough. I did not stay in that. I chose to be uh, in film and comedy instead. So. Yeah, but I feel like that gives you an advantage because you have all these things in your toolbox, like all this knowledge. That's what I told you. Yeah, you're, you're like <clears throat> it's expansive. You're not like pigeonholed into one like artistic pursuit. You know a lot of things. You've used that other side of your brain, mm. and now you can like blend it with this artistic, uh, this artistic talent you have. Aw, that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> See, Rachel, you just have to word it like that. Yeah. Not tell her to shut up all the time. I never tell my to shut up, except that once. I can't recall a time that you said shit up besides that, but there's probably been at least another one, right? Not in a malicious way. Not in a malicious way. I've never told you to actually shut up, you know? But, like, what tipped the scales? Like, what made you want to go from pre-med to comedy? Okay, so I was a theater kid before. So in high school? In in middle school, yeah. And I did, like, the directing stuff. I directed, like, scenes that we took to, like, competitions and stuff. And I did, like, a 40-minute one act mm. that I directed in the lighting for and the costuming and all that. Okay, wow. And I really liked it. And then I didn't have a great experience with my drama program. So I was like, oh, this wouldn't work out. And my parents were like, that would not work out. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll do the med route instead. Um, and so I did that. And did you then, do med for, like, just practicality? Like, it was, like, a, okay. Yeah. Like, like, I'm, I'm guaranteed. Sm- yeah. And I know that I'm a smart gal. So I know that I could do it. But, like, I even did, like, the prereqs for it. And it was, like, time to start applying to stuff. And I was, like, no. Ugh. And I had met Rach. And Rach was, like, Morgan, you're, like, super funny. And, like, I believe in you. Like, you can do it. And I was, like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to try. Yeah. And so Rach was a huge part of that also. Rachel, you changed her life. Literally, yeah. That's amazing. We were talking about this last night, actually. Yeah, we cried about it. Yeah. It's so sweet. So you're that expansively smart to where you could just be like, oh, I'm smart. I can do pre-med. 
and you just did it. <laughs> like that's not normal, you know. Usually brains don't work like that. Like, I... That's impressive. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Wow, amazing. So, what have you been doing in comedy since you realized this? Like what? Um, in film, because you're just on set. So yeah, I work on sets, um, and then I write. We took like a UCB sketch writing class and an improv class. And I'm actually flying home. It's the reason why I'm not staying longer is because I have to go fly back to my improv class. Um, Where? At UCB. Oh, there's a UCB in LA? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's in-person classes. Their location's not open yet. They lost it in the pandemic. Right. I heard about that. Yeah. So it's in person? Where? Just like a Starbucks? (laughs) (laughs) God, I wish. Um, No, it's at some sort of theater. Cool. I don't know how expansive that theater is but it's at a theater supposedly um yeah i feel like those are pretty much my my bags awesome um lastly so it doesn't feel like an interrogation instead of me just genuinely asking what's like the end goal with all that what would you like to do i get so anxious for this question i know Um, it's broad and i'm sorry no you're totally fine um I want to continue to, well, like when I, okay, because I'm planning on moving out here. And exciting. Exciting, exciting. Um, I want to take Second City classes. I want to, I kind of want to explore that and see what happens. Keep writing sketch, perform. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. No, that's awesome. You definitely fit with like any of the theaters here. Like, I've watched a lot of annoyance shows and Second City shows, obviously Second City. And there are a lot of, like, not saying this to discredit your uniqueness, but there are a lot of people like you that are on stage, like, who are witty and creative, but also original and not so in your face and flamboyant. And you just seem to be in that sweet spot that I always see on stage. So definitely, I'm excited to see you on stage. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So, <laughs> I was just letting you guys have your moment. <laughs> well, I don't. This is like my first time actually talking to Mondo, yeah. so I'm yeah. like, that's what I was saying with Morgan. Yeah, chilling. <laughs> I've talked to him for a month now, literally yeah. at, like every single day for the past month. He's <laughs> out at this point. So mm-hmm. yeah, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have invited him on here, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're having regrets mid episode. <laughs> We're actually just listening to your fucking talk, talk, talk. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, oh, shut up. Am I not supposed to talk in a podcast? Sorry, <laughs> I guess my perception of podcasts is different than yours. No, no, I, I just didn't have anything to contribute to that. We're getting to know each other. I love it. I love watching it. I love this interaction. It feels nice. Yeah. I'm yeah. basking in my comfort right now. <laughs> you look we are your comfy. safe space. You yeah, you guys are my safe spaces. Yes. This is, this is like the two homies coming together. <laughs> this is like my universe is meeting. Like, oh, it's so beautiful. We're having such a moment right now. <laughs> this is the That's So Sweet Life of Hannah Montana. Yes. Oh my goodness. A banger. Talk about something that holds up. That yeah. crossover <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I said that at the time, too. <laughs> yeah, when I was 12 years old. It's like, this shit fucks. I used to love Hannah Montana. Loved Earl on Hannah Montana. The way that he was so much older than 
Miley was crazy. Yeah, that was back weird. On it. Yeah, that was so, super weird. Loved Billy Ray on there. Billy Ray was great. I love how we just... have a have a thing about Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh yeah, we have a deep connection to Billy. Ray. We, we have a spiritual, spiritual connection, connection. Oh, to Billy Ray okay. Cyrus. Interesting. I did we? I think we talked about it in the first episode. I don't know if it made the cut though. Callback. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Either. Potential callback. Mm-hmm. Um, I like never listen to the podcast after it's out because I edit them. Mm. And I'm like, by time I'm done editing them, I've listened to it like seven to ten oh, times. Dude, I get that. I'm <laughs> just like, okay, editing. like I'm, I don't need to watch it again, you yeah. know, or listen to it again. Ugh, yeah, I hate editing so much. I love editing. Really? But I would not. I wouldn't want to do it as like a career. You know, it's weird. I loved editing up until like late in film school when I started making like animations and um, like really doing like pretty big projects like feature films and stuff because it just became so arduous it was so hard and time consuming yeah like my animation video took months to make it was only like 10 minutes yeah and yeah I just I think I feel I don't hate editing but I'm fatigued yeah it's I feel like it's a very like by time I'm done editing one episode I probably take like three or four hours damn to like edit even just like in into the first draft of the edit can take three or four hours depending on how long we record yeah. and it I think our longest one took me like seven hours or something oof and um it was fun like I liked doing it but by the end I'm just like oh I've been sitting and looking at my laptop for so long yeah some and people love that though and yeah, and, and I mean, it's, it's you get paid your time, you yeah. know, like in the sketch group, I was telling you about the locals that I had back home, uh, Brandon and I were big into like writing. We were like the main writers of things and we'd like act stuff out and we'd improvise it and kind of get the bones of all our sketches down. Uh, and then Nick was our third guy. He's amazing at everything. Nick's wonderful. Um, that's the one that kind of looks like my Martin Starr, right? Oh, I forgot you said that. Yes, he does look like Martin Starr. That's so funny. Oh my no, god! We did you that. ever? Did you ever send? That yeah, I video? sent that video of you saying that. Did, what did it, he say? It was just like <laughs> LMAO. It's so funny, and yeah, it, something simple like that. But uh, he was a big tech guy. He loves cam- like cinematography. He loves cameras. Loves audio. Loves editing. So it was just like this perfect match. Yeah. Where like. Brandon and I, we obviously love that stuff. Like, I was a film major. Brandon just has always been interested in that. He's good. But Nick, he's passionate about it. Like, he was reading books all the time on it, trying to improve. He did it just for fun, just, like, editing stuff. Yeah. And so whenever we would make things, like, Brandon and I were helping at first, but Nick was like, I love doing this, and I just want to do it. And we were like, dude, that's fine. That's, (laughs) like, we don't want to do it. (laughs) It is time-consuming for us, and plus we're like, writing and acting and that takes you know it takes the energy out of you to where it like takes the wind out of your sails and you don't want to edit it it becomes exhausting after a while i feel like i'm repeating myself here but yeah it's just like tiresome and he would come in clutch and he would film everything he'd be in the video sometimes and he would crush it in those too he was the um the guy with the blood computer no the guy the I yeah. You, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot you watch Finger Guns. Fantastic, by the way. Oh, thank Fantastic. you so much. Fantastic. 
That is a uh, that's a good example of Nick Nick's editing. But Brandon was heavily involved in that editing too. Like he's really good uh, when he wants to be. But Brandon, he it's not like he's bad. no, it's not like he's bad. But like he, I think like it's it's the same thing with me to where like we put in so much effort into the writing and acting to where we're like we don't want to edit it or at least we want to wait a while before we edit. But that's when Nick comes in is like, oh no, I'm going to edit it tonight. Like don't worry. So. Nick did a great job in there at the sound effects and stuff. So shout out to Nick. Brandon also helped with that, though. Um, <laughs> shout out to Nick and kind of Brandon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nick, he always came in clutch with that. And um, he's still doing it. He's crushing it. And it just always came naturally to him. Actually, not to go on a tangent, but in high school, uh, we all went to high school together. He, there was this number one whiz who was like the best filmmaker at the school and like the best editor and he always got hired for things he was a hot shot and Nick was always steady number two <laughs> he was always number two behind him but he didn't brag about it like he wasn't egotistic like this number one guy who everyone hated sorry but <laughs> anyone from MKHS knows exactly who I'm talking about <laughs> can you imagine that guy's listening right now <laughs> what the fuck I'm um, the number one editor at MPHS he didn't end up editing I guess I'll say that but um Nick was always number two and was always humble about it and was really well respected and then ended up being just like awesome, like top tier. Everyone hires him for wedding videos and uh, like real estate stuff. He's great. Sorry. Dude, that's sick. I just fanboyed on Nick for a while. <laughs> As you should. He's your bestie. I love that. That's a homie, dude. <laughs> I wish he would move here, but he's got other other aspirations in life. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Super, super solid. Excuse. I feel like we got quieter somehow from the start of this, and I don't know why or what happened. Stitch. Can you guys talk? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Stitch is like, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> My moment. I wasn't going to talk for a bit, but you made me laugh, so I have to talk. Dude, this is your interview. Pop off. Well, I ask questions. Um, where do you draw inspiration? Oh, um, oof. I think right now in my life, it's just knowing how coveted the onion is. Because I, that's, I write for them almost every day except for Saturdays. And, uh, I just know that they're well, well renowned. You know, everyone in the comedy world respects them and loves them. And I know it's a super competitive job to have and it's really hard to get a job there. And so I'm inspired by, I guess, me getting that position and thinking, I can't fuck this up. <laughs> uh, and if, like, so I want to put in as much time as I can to make my jokes the best possible um, and, oof, and not get fired, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what a motivator. <laughs> yeah. Um, or do you mean, like, uh, in general, like, when I'm writing when you're writing or I guess that the onion works too, but like just expanding on that. And like, if you have any like people that you look up to for writing and sketch and you mentioned animation, I don't know if you, you do you draw the animations or I did, but that was for college. Like that's okay. not something that's I, behind you. Yeah. I'm not really <laughs> interested, especially after doing it in college. I'm like, I know for a fact, this isn't for me. <laughs> like this is a task for me. And though mm -hmm. I enjoyed the final product, I was like, can't do that that's just it just doesn't mesh well with me i my heart wasn't in it but 
I it kind of goes back to like childhood. Um, again with Brandon, we loved Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny when it came out. Have you two seen it? Um, I'll write it down though. Tenacious D, uh, do you know who they are? Oh, I'm so happy I get to introduce you two to them. Uh, it's Jack Black and Kyle Gass. Um, it's just a band, and they kind of pioneered like comedy music in a way, like their pre Lonely Island stuff. But oh wow. So we were obsessed with that. But can you repeat it one more time? Yeah, Tenacious D. Stitch, come here. Uh, so we would love that, and we want to do that. We would make up songs and try to be like them. Uh, <laughs> You're going to hear so loud on here. Oh. Good girl, what's wrong? Stitch. Did you feed her? Uh, not yet, but it's not her feeding time. Yeah. I can though, real quick. No, I was just asking. She just wants attention. Right She's now. your cat. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we want to do that. And then The Lonely Island came out shortly after. And we were obsessed with The Lonely Island. Like, we would go to the library every day after after school. And this was like middle school because uh, our parents didn't care about us. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Love you. Love you, Dad and Mom. <laughs> uh, and Amanda, Brandon's mom. <laughs> so. We would go to the library every day after school, get a guest pass, which were good for an hour, and we would just use one at a time so we could have two hours. And then we would just watch Lonely Island videos all like all day. That's all we do for the whole hour. We just like or two hours. We just watch them over and over again. And then we go to either Brandon or my my, uh, my house. And uh, I had a bulky camcorder, and we would record videos on there or at his house. Um, I don't think he had a camcorder, but we would just act out stuff. And uh, we'd always <laughs> make little skits, little sketches, and, uh, and then that kind of just became like our modus operandi as a friend group. Is like we would uh, just do stupid stuff and be like, "Oh, let's make a video about this," and then just like we'd make stupid videos that made no sense. <laughs> but that kind of just became integral to who we were. And some friends fell off that and wanted to pursue like more conventional jobs and. Uh, pathways in life but uh, Brandon and I and like a couple other people stuck with it and it just was natural like it just felt normal like okay this is what we love doing and this is what we're going to do because we put in so much time and uh, yeah I, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a you moment Morgan where it was like oh I'm good at this I should do this it was more so just like an evolution of this is what we've been doing our whole lives. We might as well make this our whole lives. And so I think I'm inspired mostly by that, of that feeling that we had as kids and that we still have to this day of like, this is all we want to do. This is what we're passionate about. And I can't see us doing anything else. Wow. That's crazy. Kudos to you for like knowing who you are and following that. Um, Honestly, it wasn't that clean though. In college, I like, changed majors all the time and questioned it of like should I be going down this path that's uncertain and so risky and mm -hmm. really not financially beneficial or should I just do what I love and yeah eventually I was just like I'm just gonna do what I like doing you know what gotta follow your your soul and what your heart's telling you mm -hmm. um hmm. what are the questions you usually ask um do you remember your first heartbreak song? First heartbreak song. Oh boy. 
Um, gosh, that's a really good question. Thank you. <laughs> okay, yes. So my first real heartbreak song, um, like, as a kid, I obviously had some, right? Like, fell heartbroken. Oh, my life is ending. My crush doesn't like me back or something. <laughs> but my first one, like, after my first real relationship when I was, like, 18, uh, I listened to Tame Impala, Feels Like We Only Go Backwards, all the time. Mm, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, that made me feel really good. Um, God, I feel like I have a few, a few other ones, but that was the main one. Um, nice. That's a good song. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good one. I love Tame Impala. Mm-hmm. But, Did you hear them on the Minions album? No. Are they on the Minions album? Yeah. Oh my With Diana God. Ross. What? Yeah. At okay. the same time? Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. I'm going to listen <laughs> to that immediately after this. Thank you. I love Minions too. Banana. No. Oh, that's, a, that's a solid Big red flag. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's only it's only in my mind because like two weeks ago I went to visit my friend and uh, we were going to a a big birthday party. Remember this, Rachel? Yeah, <laughs> and he was like jokingly said, "Dude, you just want to ditch this and go to the Rise of Gru or whatever the movie is." And then he said, "Banana." That's <laughs> like a way to convince me. <laughs> and it, and just, it worked. No, no. It was really good. But it's just been stuck in my head ever since. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> Shout out to Brian Craftskin too. <laughs> Good. Just you know what? Let's just say it now. Shout out to every single person Mondo knows. <laughs> just go through your contact list. <laughs> just go Nick, Brandon, Wobby, Logan, Dylan, um, Casey. Not Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're going to edit that one out. <laughs> oh, that's staying, baby. <laughs> All right. Let me go down the list. Harry, Riley, Adam at... Yeah, Adam. Adam Adise. Okay. <laughs> Fuck the other Adam. <laughs> I, I, I like him. It's just I don't know if he wants a shout out even. So, uh, yeah, Wait, Adam Adise? Yeah. No, Adam Adise. I, I love him. I want to give him a shout out. The other Adam is great. And I love him too. But I don't know if he wants a shout out, you know? Okay. Those other homies want shots. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah right. Straight okay. up, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Those are the homies. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously the sketch group. But. What's the song that the like Oscars plays? Like Black People. <laughs> I don't know, but from your question, I can imagine that. I was gonna. Well, I was gonna start singing a song, and then I realized, like, I was gonna start singing the graduation song. <laughs> I was like, no. Shout out to Sarah W. Mason Joe. <laughs> da, da. Da. Close oh wait, wait, wait! Shout out to Camille, Lucy, and Alexi. Those are the homies. Um, I like how you did not say mom or dad at any point during that entire list. Shout out oh. to Carson. Carson. Yeah. Shout out to Austin. Shout, Shout out, out to, to mom, Austin. dad. I was getting there. <laughs> Grandma, grandpa. Stitch. Stitch, of course. Oh. Um, I love Stitch. So are you from Michigan? I am from Michigan. So how did you get here? Ooh. <laughs> do you have uh, 45 minutes? <laughs> yeah, we do. 
Um, well, in Michigan, I just, there was, sorry, give me a second to go evaluate that question. You also, oh. no, go ahead. No, sorry. what? No, 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 sorry. I'm bad host, bad host. No, sorry. no, no, I'm curious. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there weren't a lot of opportunities in Michigan for anyone in, like, honestly, anyone in entertainment. There weren't a lot of platforms. I mean, you'd go to Detroit, but that also was just a, a launching pad to go to a big city. Like Michigan is more of like a trades and auto type of state. So if you want a job in that field, you should stay in Michigan. You're going to crush it. But if you want a job as a filmmaker, a writer, comedian, or anything like that, you are, you're going to end up in a big city no matter what. Um, so I, I wanted to move to LA when I, I wanted to move to LA since I was like 14. I've loved movies my whole life, and that's where I wanted to end up, but um, I applied to USC and was going to go to USC. I went to orientation, but I was 17, and uh, my dad didn't think I was ready to go to California, basically. He thought I needed to take a few years to establish myself in Michigan, and so essentially he didn't sign the approval papers that I needed as a minor to go to USC. Mm. Uh, so I ended up just going to college in Michigan and decided instead of transferring, I would just finish out my degree and then figure it out at the end. And I still was planning on moving to LA, but I got a scholarship to the second city for their entire writing program. And the end of the writing program is a, a full show. You cast it and everything and you get a director. And so I wanted to move here to be on location to oversee it and help out and watch my own show in person so I moved here literally because of that um can you tell us about your second city experience because you kind of just glossed over it a few times <laughs> and that's super cool like tell us about it okay yeah um well I when I was 18 I visited Chicago and uh the girl I was dating at the time got us tickets to the second city and I had literally never heard of it before I was like, okay, I guess, yes, it's comedy. That sounds fun, you know, like whatever. And uh, we sat in the front row, very front row by the stage. And I watched, um, I think it was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The show, um, the main stage show, and just fell in love. It was magical. I never felt that good in my life, other than watching like certain movies. But the, it, I was like floating. I had so much fun. I was absorbed by it. And... Uh, right away it was just like oh my god i've never felt like that like this this must mean something this must have some significance and uh i like right when we got back to michigan i looked up classes or like just looked up information about the second city saw all the alumni they had and the history and it's like whoa this is where i need to be this feels right you know and um i looked at their classes and obviously i was living in michigan so i couldn't take like a full eight week course so i like took a five-day intensive and with Brandon, he was into it. He thought it sounded amazing. <laughs> and uh, so we both went, took an intensive. And yeah, it was just incredible. Like, it's so much fun. We bonded so hard. Um, and the teacher, like, pulled Brandon and I aside and was like, hey, you guys are really good at this. Like, you guys should come back. And I don't tell this to everybody. And was like, I don't know, we thought it was a ploy to get us to come back, but he was literally mentioned, he was like, I'm not just telling you this to get you to come back. Like, I'm telling you guys because you guys are good. And so we're like, what? Wow. So, uh, you know, we got in our high horse, our uh, heads <laughs> grew 13 sizes. And uh, 
we decided like, okay, we're going to seriously pursue this. And then, um, we tried to take intensives whenever we could. We took like three or four and we took like improv ones, writing ones and, uh, oh no, just improv and writing. And then finally I was like, you know what, I'm just going to move here so I can do it on location. Um, oh wait, I jumped ahead during <laughs> the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oops. I ruined it. Uh, during the pandemic, I, I obviously everyone was unemployed, but I was getting fat stacks from unemployment, <laughs> really good pay. So I started paying for second city classes, but only the writing ones. Cause I thought there's no way I could do improper acting on Zoom. And, uh, so I did like writing for late night and I did stand up and all those classes. And, um, yeah, I just loved it even more. Like that feeling never went away. Mm-hmm. And so just when I got the scholarship to the writing program, was like you know this is just meant to be i just need to be at the second city like i, I just don't feel good anywhere else like i do at the second city i'm sorry stitch i'm sorry rachel tried to warn you <laughs> she was kind of okay with it for a bit i guess she had a tolerance level. she's like just my head just my head just the head that's what i always say <laughs> anyway second city you're taking classes yeah. online during the pandemic. Yes, yeah, yeah. I took a lot of classes and just like the pandemic wasn't fucking ending and Second City wasn't opening and I was still in college. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep taking online classes, I guess. Um, and writing program was all paid for me. So I was already doing that. And that was, there was no, no skin off my back, as they say. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate that I just said that. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. No! <laughs> Um, yeah, and then finally when I graduated um, and got the scholarship and stuff, it was like, all right, I'm just going to Second City. And then I think within a few months of me moving here, yeah, it was like two months, um, Lisa, we know, Lisa Akrush. Oh, shout out to Lisa Akrush uh, <laughs> at Second City. Specifically. Uh, I, I hope this isn't bad, but I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> She called me about like another class and was just like, hey, looks like your payment is out of date, which it was. I had a like different card on there from Michigan that I didn't update. And uh, she was like, do you have a new card you want to add on uh, add on file for your class? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Also, are you hiring? Like, I know this is, I'm overstepping. I know you probably get this all the time and I'm sorry, but I just like, I'm just going out on a limb here. Like, I would love to work at the Second City, as many would. And she was like, um you know, you should email jobs at Second City and like was really formal about it. And then was like, you know, but you've been a really good student for a while. And I've seen your name a lot and I've dealt with you a lot and you're really nice. And you know what? Don't tell anyone I'm doing this. That's why I feel <laughs> Don't tell anyone I'm doing this, but uh, <laughs> here I am saying it on a, pop, a podcast that'll be online. <laughs> um, but how about you send your resume to my email and I'll pass it along. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. You know, freaking out. So grateful. And <laughs> do I do not try this at home. <laughs> yeah. Do not try this. Okay. You will piss Lisa off. She doesn't do this often. A lot of people try this. Many fail. So, um, so I didn't hear anything for like a month and I was very upset. I was like, she's going to hate me. I ruined my chances. And then I, I get an email. She was like, are you free to interview these days? And so I was like, yeah. I interviewed and fucking bombed it. I stuttered. I was sweating. 
I like tripped over my words and was narrating and commenting on it as I was failing. I was like, oh my God, I'm stumbling over my words and totally messing up right now. I'm so sorry. And they were really kind, um, but yeah, I was very nervous and uh, figured I'd fail the interview. I was like, no, there's no way I got the job. And then like two to three weeks later, they she off, like sent me an offer letter. I literally, I quit the movie theater job I was working at the time. And then I put in my two weeks, like a good Samaritan. And then she wanted me to actually start the weekend before I thought she wanted me to start. And I was scheduled to work at the movie theater. And I straight up told them, I can't come in this weekend. And they were pissed. They were so mad. And so they were like, just give us your keys, whatever. Uh, I was a manager, so that's why I had keys. <laughs> <laughs> no, your house keys. Give yeah, your house yeah. keys. <laughs> we're taking your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, haven't looked back ever since. And what is your what is your official title? Wait, wait. <laughs> Should we just stare at each other? Mm-hmm. This is nice. <laughs> you can look a good stare off. I'm gonna turn off the fan. Wait, so I'm getting kind of chilly. Um, Tell us one wrong again. Question. Uh, what is your official title at Second City? Like, what is it? Because you've been saying job. Like, oh, what is right. it? Yeah, I have an issue with being vague. I'm sorry. Um, so it, I was hired as a student success assistant. So I was essentially helping students, like, with their pathway at Second City. Um, we called it, like, the dean's office of Second City. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, my role was kind of just, like, communicating with students about their perks or their, like, next steps and stuff like that. But now I'm running the um, improv and writing camps at Second City for youth and teen, not for adults. Mm. Yeah. So I, my title is like, it was camp director, but then became camp lead. Mm-hmm. So one of the, one of those two. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's been very fun. It's my favorite job. Other than the onion, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're tied though. They're tied. <laughs> I also work at Zany's though. <laughs> Which is this man has three jobs <laughs> and one of them's full time which one's full time second city oh that's fair yeah. <laughs> that checks out yeah it's fun I've always stayed busy though like when I was in college I was also a manager at a movie theater nice. <laughs> that sounds nice. like that's just been my life <laughs> do you want me to start clapping <laughs> yeah please applaud me thank you Stitch is like, what are you doing? Yeah, Stitch, she hasn't worked a day in her life. She's she should no what it's like. <laughs> yeah, she's royalty. Yeah, so that's it, though. That is so cute. What is... What is a skill that you don't have that you think you would be really good at if you just tried it can i please describe what stitch just did before i answer that question (laughs) i'm very sorry i'm so sorry no it's just stitch was just laying by morgan's foot and then put her paw on her foot and then rested her head on it like a little pillow oh my god oh Oh. go back she said you will not catch me tripping yeah yeah stitch is one step ahead of Okay, I'm very sorry. What was the question? What's a skill that you don't have 
but you think you would be really good at it if you just did it? Great question. Um, probably piano. Oh, okay. Yeah. I used to play in middle school, and I was tinkering around with it in college, but I haven't been as good as I once was. And I feel like if I just put in time, I'd be really good at it. Okay. Let me rephrase the question. Okay. What's a skill? Oh, I'm trying to think of the words. What's what's a skill like something that you don't already know in a way? Oh, like right, something right. Okay. like not related to you at all. That if you just like tried it, like first few times out the gate, you're like, oh, like I'm really good at this, like right away. Probably you- like murder. <laughs> <laughs> How would you kill someone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, go for the limbs first. Uh, no, Jesus, I, psychopath. <laughs> um, okay, wow. Probably carpentry. It's something yeah. that's always fascinated me. And, like, when I watch it, I'm, like, very invested. Like, when I've watched videos of it, like, now when I've watched it in person or anything. But, like, it seems very doable, hard and like challenging obviously and it takes some creativity and like practical skill and like craftsman work but i don't know it just has always interested me it's just not my main focus but yeah carpentry fair enough what about you if you listened you would know ah no shoot. no i don't think so i think we said it i don't think it made the cut i think it did oh Oh, you know, it did, but I, it wasn't the right answer. <laughs> you have the right answer now? No. <laughs> what about you, Morgan? Um, I said the drums. I think I, oh. I think I could fuck up the drums. Yeah. Um. You good at banging shit? I got, I think I have a pretty good rhythm. I think I could do it. My sister also had the drums growing up. And so I saw it and I was like, I could totally do that. But then she would never let me use her drum set. So I, who's to say? Yeah. Who's to say? I mean, you could try it. I could just get another pair of drums. Yeah. That's what they call it, a pair. <laughs> a pair of drums. See, I'd be great. <laughs> I'm just pretty much the bongos if it's a pair of drums. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a good starting point. Mm. This is... Not a good question, especially mm-hmm. for the podcast, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Go for it. Does it smell like trash in here? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I just have a superior sniffer to everybody <laughs> because I always am asking if things smell bad or smell weird or smell good. And people are like, ooh, it smells anything. Did you have COVID? Uh, I did in December of 2021 for the first time in last time. Hmm. Maybe it didn't destroy your sense of smell as much. Yeah, no, I think it made it stronger. <laughs> Actually, Dude, I never lost my sense of smell. Ever? No. That's crazy. Yeah. I lost mine. I know you, you know. did. Damn. Morgan, Morgan and I were in the woods and we were eating. We are eating PB&Js and she goes, she goes, did this, <laughs> just this peanut butter tastes like meat. <laughs> what? It tasted like smoked meat. And I was like, this is not right. <laughs> and then the next day we got, we got back to my house and President went. <laughs> And we got our positive COVID test. Oh my gosh. 
was so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. interesting. Smoked meat. Yeah. Instead wow. of peanut butter and jelly, it was quite a quite a change. Yeah. Jelly and smoked meat. Mm-hmm. My mom had COVID and she lost her taste and smell. But like for a long time. Ah. Uh, yeah. Like two months. Oh, wow. I know. I felt so bad for her. Mm-hmm. Tear. Yeah, let's cry for my mom for a second. <laughs> In the arms. Yeah. Um, it was, I think it was gone for like two days. It wasn't that bad. My sense of smell was kind of just like, I couldn't tell if it was like fully back mm. or not. Like it's kind of hard to gauge until you lose it and you're like, oh God, it's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, that's weird. You lose a sense. You literally lost a sense. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said something that would not be on the cut. Say <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> We're going to make my job easier and just not say it. Oh, man. I don't like secrets. I'll tell you later. Thank you. Oh, my God. It's okay, though. I love keeping secrets from you. (laughs) Just because you like to torture me. Yeah. You like watching me suffer. Yeah. It's something I need to grow from, though. I can't go my whole life hating secrets. because you sound like a little baby. Yeah, (laughs) a little bitch. (laughs) Jinx. You owe me $900. (laughs) (laughs) That's how the game works, right? Friendship dues? Did you you really complete the request? (laughs) Yeah, I did. Yes. Okay. I feel like that's worthy of the podcast because that was the best yes ending I've ever seen. The best commitment to a bit I've ever encountered. So I... I've done this before, but like I jokingly Ven- or sent Venmo requests to some of my friends and <laughs> sent them for $900 for friendship dues. Most of them rejected, obviously. <laughs> Rachel, however, your lovely host of this podcast, committed to it and sent me $900, <laughs> which <laughs> I should have kept in hindsight. But stressed me out <laughs> because I had to just transfer the money to my bank account and then send her nine hundred dollars rather than me just being able to send it right back. It was a whole process. So. Also, Venmo charges you, so you probably lost a little bit out of that bit. Maybe I do the one to three business day transfer, yeah, so no fee, no I fee. I always charge your maybe because I have like a you can card? charge it. Oh, credit cards. Do you have a credit card? Because mine's on my. Or through my bank account. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they don't charge for that, but I think they do with cards. Okay. Well, anyways. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> I felt so bad because he got really stressed out. And uh-huh. also, like, with me, on my Venmo, you can just, tra- like, send people money from your Venmo account. Like, if it's in your Venmo account, you can send it to them using your Venmo account. But for his, it wouldn't let us do that. So that's why he had to transfer it to his bank so that he could send it back to me. Because mm-hmm. it wouldn't let him just send it straight from his Venmo account. I don't know. It was very stressful. It was very stressful. Give me my back. It was super funny, though. <laughs> I, yeah. That. Dude, I immediately went on my Wells Fargo app, moved money over from my savings account. What? And fucking transferred it. So that I could send it to you. Oh my god. Like immediately, as soon as I saw it, I was like, fuck yes. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you for that. Just a month's rent. Here you go. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> Rachel, you're like kind of funny. That's crazy. <laughs> Weird. I don't think. I, thank you. I think I am. I don't know why I was about to say It's the trauma. That's why I was about to say I don't think I am, but. I love trauma. I do. <laughs> What's your favorite traumatic experience? Oh my God. It's on the podcast. Yes. 
oh, that one time that I almost was murdered. Probably was my favorite traumatic experience. Really? <laughs> no. Oh, well. Ish. You could have started this as a true crime <laughs> podcast. I was say. Yeah. <laughs> kind uh, of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we won't get into that here. No, that's fine. I did almost die one time. Oh my God. What happened? Uh, I just was attacked uh, at a young age. And obviously, as you see, I'm a tough guy, so I beat the fuck out of that <laughs> motherfucker. I'm just kidding. No, not tough. Went to the ER, resurrected. We're all good. <laughs> resurrected. <laughs> Oh my god. Rich, have you had a near death experience? I have a couple times on the the like the freeway at mm-hmm. home, but not like super close to death. Mm-hmm. Just felt very close to like, oh if that happened I I definitely would have not survived that. Was it a car accident? Um, no, thank God I've never been in a serious car accident. Um but not that long ago, actually, I was driving home from Morgan's house and it was pretty late, but I think it was like a Friday or Saturday, something. So there's a lot of people on the road still. And I was, I mean, partially, it is partially my fault, but it also partially was not my fault. Um, and I was going like 70, probably in the far right lane. So like the slow lane. Mm-hmm. And there was a car next to me in my uh, blind spot and I'm driving and I'm going solid. You know, there's no one ahead of me. I see three cars on the shoulder um, up ahead and I see one pull out like way ahead of me, like way, like way ahead of me. And the other two are just staying there. And I'm, as soon as I, and I'm still full speed, like 70, 75, whatever. Um, I'm like, I don't know, like 20 feet away from the car and he starts pulling out and I go to swerve out of his way and I immediately see the car next to me and I have to swerve back and he's still fucking there. And so I almost just hit like the backside of one of the cars and then would have spun into the other car. Um, so that scared the shit out of me. That's terrifying. I didn't drive on the freeway for like a week after that because I, I was just why. really, really shaken up by it. Like I, I got home and cried. I <laughs> like, I it was very scary. Um, yeah, that's terrifying. That would have been awful. Yeah, like, and I immediately, like, immediately saw it like play out in my head too. Like I, I'm not kidding you. I, I think I told Morgan like when it happened. Yeah. I have never been that scared on the road, and I like. I braced myself for it. Like I, cause I had nowhere to go. Yeah. And so I literally just, I kind of just like fucking closed my eyes and got ready to fucking get really fucked up. And, and then it just like, I, my, it just shot open. I was like, fuck, like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't just die right now. Um, but other than that, no, <laughs> other than that, no, I'm not. I've had one also car near death experience. Um, I think I've told you about this, but I've not told Mondo uh, for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> you should have mentioned it like initially. Yeah. Like, um, when first met. So when I was a senior in high school, or maybe I just, I was in freshman in college. Either way, I was around that age and I had my car and it was a Volkswagen bug. And as you know, they're pretty low to the ground. Mm-hmm. And I was picking my sister up from school 
and we were driving and we hit this four-way stop and it's my turn to go so i start going and out of nowhere this pickup truck that's like a little raised comes speeding and they're going like 60 miles per hour in like a 20 mile per hour zone and like i just instinctively like pressed the gas and i got out of their way but they were gonna like they would have totally decapitated me oh my had goodness. i not pressed the gas pedal and like it it was terrifying and then afterwards my sister and i or i had to pull over i was driving and my sister and i were like dude like we felt like our fucking like we felt the other version of us die like it was <sighs> insane yeah it's really scary yeah and my car didn't even accelerate that well so i was just i don't know it didn't it was crazy wow your instincts saved all your lives yeah amazing i also have a near-death experience from in a car. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any others yes <laughs> so, so you have more than two i do <laughs> i do i would i think i was like 16 so yeah i probably just got my license and i was picking up a friend from his girlfriend's house early in the morning because he had snuck over there and had to leave early before their parents woke up. Shout out to Logan Eystrom. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Logan. <laughs> and, um, so we were driving back, and uh, it was a blizzard in Michigan. Like it, in Michigan, snowstorms are fucking insane. Like, you know what? Good for Logan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I mean, Logan gets his, bro. He gets his. So... Um, Driving back, and I don't think I wasn't going that fast, really. I mean, maybe thirty-five or forty, maybe a little faster, but not any faster. <laughs> not any faster. Like the the road we were on was a fifty-five mile per hour road, so like I was going under the speed limit. Uh, and then, so basically, like a car in front of us like stopped, right, like slammed on their brakes. So I slammed on my brakes, and uh, it caused me to um, uh, fishtail, and then I had to like get back into the road so that way a car coming the other way didn't hit me and so i started to like spin my wheel to align myself with the road again and that caused me to fishtail the other way and then i just started spinning out and then we rolled into a ditch and then rolled and landed on the head of the truck and so we were you know it flipped so we're upside down and we we're just like looking at each other like what the fuck and then the roof started to cave in we're like oh shit so we like unbuckled our seat belts and kicked out the back and well, I started to kick out the back, but he just opened the back seat door like a gentleman. And uh, yeah, we crawled out. And then, yeah, so we were just like, holy fuck. <laughs> when we were flipped over, it was just like, that's heavy. And then when it started caving, we're like, oh my God, our necks are about to snap if we wait in here. So we we're like, ooh, that was scary. Um, yeah, that's. Starting to laugh at you. No, it's okay. It's fine. It's funny in hindsight, but. Uh, and then I, I actually think that was my last near-death experience okay so you have two yeah yes that sounds right thanks stitch <laughs> uh yeah i feel like there's one more in there but and i buried it those two stick out though. <laughs> <laughs> i buried <laughs> uh yeah dude crazy shit see i thought that i would have like this existential moment afterwards like oh i know the meaning of life now never did i was just pissed <laughs> <laughs> well yeah your car got completely like totaled after picking up your yeah. friend you didn't even get the hookup your friend no. got the hookup i know yeah <laughs> i was just in bed that night by myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i got no advantages um is there a memory that you have that's specifically associated to a color or like a color associated to a memory whatever same direction when I see navy blue, I think of my 
first like bedroom when I moved into a house with my mom. Um, it was like our first house and it was being built by Habitat for Humanity. So we were able to actually like style it the way we wanted to. And I was maybe like eight or nine inches so I could paint it any color. And I wanted to do red and blue, but I guess they like didn't have the colors or something. So I settled with navy blue and I just felt so cool painting my own room. And I was like, oh, I'm a person. Wow. You know, I get to style my own bedroom. And now every time I see navy blue, I think of that moment of feeling just like a big boy, you know, like I get to paint my own room. Yeah. Nice. But other than that, no, I can't think of anything. Solid. Yeah. That's uh, such a sweet story. That is. Uh, yeah. Thank you for telling us that. Thanks for asking. I've never been asked that and haven't thought about that ever in my life. So thanks. I really like asking people questions that like, I love it. I love the very specifics of things. Cause I think that's where like so much of our personality comes from mm-hmm. is like the very little things that have happened in our lives. Yeah. And we don't always think about the fact that they happen to us. And when we do, it's like, oh, wow, that that small moment was such a big moment, you know? Yeah. Like, it feels so small when it's next to everything else. But then when you think of it as a singular moment, it feels so big, you know? Yeah. No, it, it is strange how those pivotal moments do get buried under like the dirty laundry of life and then it's like little questions like that that bring them out whoa yeah that was a huge moment in my life that just I haven't thought of I did like a in grad school before I left I had to do like an audio assignment for one of my documented classes and um I wanted to practice questions that I was going to ask when I started doing this series. And so I asked um, my friend, uh, Paul, shout out Paul. I um, love Paul. I love Paul. Dude, Paul's a homie. Paul's a fucking G. Sounds <laughs> like a G. He is a G. He's actually from my hometown. We were we were born in the same hospital, but he's like 15 years older than me. Whoa, yeah. that's trippy. And we met at, we got into UCLA the same year. No way. Yeah. He shares the same name as my favorite filmmaker. So I like him already. Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, okay. Interesting choice. <laughs> Anyways. I don't to say about that, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'll get canceled by the film bros. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a lot of opinions that get me canceled by the film bros. Bookmark this. Um, anyway, so I practiced a lot of these questions on him. Um and I want to like post it. I, I think maybe I'll post it on the Instagram or something. So maybe I won't um, tell the full story, but his, his memory was associated with white. And he told this story about how a lot of people associate white with like innocence and like purity and stuff. But he associates it to his time working in a hospital. Mm. And it was just like, holy shit like I was near in tears when he told me that story and I was just like I like this is why I ask these things you know it's like it's such a we go through life perceiving it through our lens and we so often forget 
to think about the fact that everyone's doing that also mm-hmm. and everyone's lens is different yeah and i so i love hearing about that stuff that's i mean that's basically the whole point of this it's um it's that and to like hang out with people's cats and that's it <laughs> yes there are two big benefits to it. <laughs> are there any smells that you associate with a specific memory or tastes <sighs> they're all food based um and when i smell like buttery things in any capacity i think of my grandparents cooking they used to, well, they still do make the most delicious food, um, but they would fry a lot of things in butter uh, and it just, it smelled so good. And I would like linger around the kitchen trying to get little samples of stuff just because I was like, I felt like a Disney character when they smell pies, you know, they just float <laughs> over to it. And so whenever I smell something buttery, I think of my grandparents' house and same with chicken. My mom makes the best fried chicken. It's been my favorite food since I was a since I was a kid. It's just a little spud, just a little spud. And um, whenever I smell chicken, I think of them, which is often. So. <laughs> Do you? Um, smells wise, whenever I smell freshly cut grass, I think of my grandparents' house and how he would go over and do like handstands in the yard and Aww. hang out with them. It's weird how like our senses often remind us of our grandparents' house. Like I feel like that's a common thing. We all have this certain memory that reminds us of our grandparents. And it's usually a smell or a, a song or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mine is, well, okay. My smell one, I have, it's the year of this Chanel perfume that came out. And I smell it all the time because I have the last bottle that she owned. Was, it was from my great-grandmother. And she, wow. it's, I... Every time I smell it, I feel like she's there, you know, and that's why I, I keep it on my nightstand back at home. Um, and then the other one is is actually um, chicken top ramen. It reminds me of um, the daycare that I used to stay at, and that's probably one of my earliest memories because I have really, really bad memory. I don't remember, like, most of the things that have happened to me, like, before I was, like, 11. Um and that's like every time I smell chicken top ramen, I think of my babysitter um, and her like daycare and how she had this really big house and always smelled like ramen. And she had like a like a big plastic like playhouse full of pillows. Um, I just remember spending time in there. I was like I think three when I when I was there. So like that's. That's a very niche one, just because I fucking see it so vividly, and I hate that, that. Like, I hate that. Like, I can't remember more stuff like that from my childhood. Yeah. Um, my grandparents, though, um, whenever I think of a sense that is related to my grandparents, is like, um, they used to live in this house. They lived in this house for like almost sixty years. Damn. Um, in Arcadia, California. And um, like my mom grew up in that house. Like um, I, I mean, I spent so much of my childhood in that house. Like every single summer we would spend at least two weeks there and like we would swim in the pool and you know, like all this stuff. But they had this back slider door um, and the couch was like maybe this far, like two, 
three feet away from the slider door. So it was like a little hallway almost mm. to my, my nani's room. And the sun would come through and they had these big, big trees in the back. And so like when the sun would come through, it was so nice because it was just like, it would warm up the spot. And I remember just like laying there like a cat and just like, <laughs> I always think about the fact like when I die, if we are tethered to any space on earth, that's where I would want to go. Like it's, it, I just remember always feeling so peaceful there as a kid. Like. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to just say yeah, but <laughs> no, <laughs> thank you. It was uh, it was fascinating seeing you dive into that memory. <laughs> yeah, I love I I love my grandparents so much, um, but like I I will never forget that of like just laying in the sun, just feeling so like at peace. Also, I'm sorry, I sound like shit. I had to yell at kids this week, but not in like a bad way they just needed to pay attention in a good way (laughs) there's a good way to yell at kids and that's what rachel did i just meant like i didn't yell at them like i had to yell to get there with them i had to i had to i had to raise my voice louder it was a protest i get it (laughs) rallying yes a rallying uh um a battle cry, if you please. Mm, okay, yes, yes, of course. You took kids to battle. I get it, yeah. <laughs> Led them around. <laughs> do you fit pee breaks into your podcast? Dude, do you need to? I do. Same. You go first, obviously. Are you sure? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uncensored stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a little in, in-cast editing. <laughs> Um, we have to go soon. Oh, wait, I have two questions. About the story that we just heard? (laughs) About the story we just heard. (laughs) Okay, first of all, what's your earliest memory? Oh, man. Earliest memory. There are, like, some that flash in my head, but the earliest one, though. Oof. I remember so random. I don't know if it's the earliest, but I was really young. Uh, yeah, thank you, Stitch. Uh, I was at home and I asked my mom to go to the park and she was like, we can go tomorrow. And I was like, oh, well, look at that. It's tomorrow. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. And she like did not laugh. But uh, for some reason, I remember that. I was, I was probably like three or four. <laughs> I don't even know where I picked that up from. Um, <laughs> oof. And like, I don't, like, it's weird because I have like little flashes that don't have like any coherence to them, you know? They're just like images of things. But mm-hmm. that's the one memory, like I do, I like do remember like memory. the interaction, yeah, yeah, and like where I was and, uh, yeah, so I guess that. <laughs> I guess it was a stupid little joke that I had told at three or four. <laughs> That's very interesting yeah. to like mm-hmm. see you now and hear that that's like one of your first memories is related to 
any type of humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's actually humor was a big part of my childhood. Like I had cousins who were a little bit older than me, and obviously I had my brother who's only a year younger than me, and that was all we did was joke around, do bits, and uh, another early memory I have. This is so weird, but uh, we found like this sounds so bad, but we were like six. <laughs> oh God, I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> my cousins told me that they found like thongs laying around the house from their stepmom, and they were like, <laughs> "We kept stepmom. one." Oh like they're like, "We have one," and they put it on, and like <laughs> we're like pretend. I don't know. They're it's problematic now. But they're like <laughs> pretending to be a woman. Like, I have a thong. <laughs> it was just stupid and it had no substance to it, but it just stuck out in my head. I was like, "What is going on?" Um, but that was another early memory and um god that was so dumb but yeah my cousins and i we always did like bits like that was our whole thing we were always making each other laugh um yeah so humor was a integral part of our childhood and lives really like still to this day i was just playing video games with one shout out to anthony uh (laughs) last night and yeah it's still there like we just love joking around we're rarely ever serious Nice. Yeah. The one's going to be a longer question. I'm sorry. No, um, okay. um, but you mentioned being a part of the conservatory program at um, Second City. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So you have to have finished an improv program at an accredited, not accredited, sorry, that was stupid, at a comedy institution, <laughs> an established comedy institution like UCB, IO, The Annoyance, or Second City. Um, so you had to have had like at least a year plus of training or you have to have like professional training in order to even get an audition. And you have to at least have taken like one acting class or something like you have to have at least established credits. So you audition for the artistic director and I think that's it. At least my audition was just the artistic director and sometimes they'll have like a teacher or two in there, but mostly it's just the AD, um, And so I auditioned, I got in, did conservatory one through three, which is mostly like learning second city material and learning how to improvise with substance, with meaning and not just making up stupid stuff on stage, like making stuff that people can resonate with and connect to grounded characters, grounded scenes. Yeah. What, what's the audition like? Mm -hmm. Uh, you have to do a two person scene, um, they're looking for like if you can establish who, where, what immediately and establish a game in between that and close out a scene and make it just interesting and stimulating. So I was I did a two person scene. But just by yourself? No, with someone else. Okay, I was yeah. like uh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. But you go in there with a stranger, like you don't know anyone there. So it's just like it's like you're throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks. Like you don't know what, what's gonna happen, but uh, so I did that. I did a, I did a two-person scene with somebody, and then you they ask you to do a character. So you do a character in a scene, and then you do a group scene. So um, it was it, it was pretty hefty. Honestly, it was the hardest audition I've ever done. <laughs> it was pretty intense. And then um, I got in. So I started that, and then conservatory one through three. The first three levels are learning archival Second City material, like learning what the masters did and trying to replicate that and then improvising and like I said making meaningful scenes 
And then it's a lot of like scenic pitches. Like you pitch a scene or pitch a character and try to find legs with it, see what works. And, um, and then you audition again for the last three levels, which are called grad review. And a lot of people fail that audition actually. It really like stirred the pot with our conservatory group because we did levels one through three together. And then a lot of us auditioned, well, all of us auditioned for the next level and a bunch didn't get in. So it was kind of sad and shook us up a bit, but luckily I got in and that one is learning how to find your own voice, basically. Like, what do you contribute to the ensemble and how are you original? What set, like, sets you apart from everyone else? So we were doing a lot of improvising and re-improvising. Like, you just do random scenes, you get notes from your director, and then you redo it with those notes and find the right beats, find the right arc, those transformations and whatnot. And then the level I'm in now, Grad Review 2, is basically using everything you learn through the conservatory program, testing it in front of your director, seeing what's good, what's not good, and then improvising more material, generating premises and pitches and characters, and then turning that into an eight-week show run, which is what we're doing literally right now. And it's what it's called process, you know. It's like we're trying to figure out what our show is going to be, what's going to land with audiences. And we're basically just going to test it out. So we're doing previews of shows starting in August. And then <laughs> you smile. <laughs> so we do previews of shows in August just to see what hits, what doesn't. And then starting in September, we do this eight week show run throughout November. Uh, and it's essentially at that point, it's like basically having a show at Second City. That's sick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's been fun. <laughs> what, what was that look, Rachel? I'm just so proud of you, dude. Mm. Thanks, bro. You're welcome. I'd also like, I don't know, like for me to know someone who's done it gets me more excited about following this. Oh yeah. You know, and no. just like, like it, I don't know, you just, every single day you're like, you're reminding me that I'm doing this actively and, and that's something that means a lot to me, you know, oh. to have that reminder of like, we were kind of talking about this last night, how you were saying like, you saw me doing things and you're like, oh, like I can do this too. Like if she does it, I can do it. and. That's kind of how you are for me. Like, mm -hmm. you're actively doing this and you're just reminding me all the time, like, I can do this, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, so it's absolutely. just really cool to like, listen to you talk about it. And, it, and it's a cool feeling to have, like, I just, like my heart races when you talk about it. Like I, oh. I get just so excited, you know? So it's just like, it's very cool. And even just like listening to the process and just finding out how I mean, I just found out what Second City was two years ago, you know, yeah. like it took me a very long time to like even find out about this side of it and like how it worked. And I think that was like really the beginning of me, like following uh, this thread of comedy mm -hmm. um, was like when I found out what Second City was and I was like, oh, I can I can learn how to do this. Yeah. Like people don't just like show up on stage ready to go. 
like yeah. it took them work in years and and why not start now kind right. of right yeah absolutely. so it was it's it's just cool it's just cool to hear for sure no i definitely remember feeling that way and it is interesting how everyone has their own paths you know like stand-ups will spend several years trying to hone their material on stage and they don't have anyone teaching them anything they're just trying stuff endlessly and like dealing with the rejection and trying to like find what works what doesn't work and like killing their darlings all the time as they say and then like cherry picking what just hits and then turning that into an hour-long special eventually and it takes so long like they have that that saying of like you have to be doing stand-up for 10 years before you get good and it's yeah it's like very very scary because you're not guaranteed success and then with sketch comedy and improv there's really no way to like land a job or like get or like make a living off that and so you try to find these ways to like climb up there and get noticed like second city or io or annoyance or groundlings it's like those places for people like you, for people like you and me, it, those are like safe havens because it gives us a safe place to not only hone our craft and find our voice, but also like get better at what we're doing because we're being taught by professionals who have been in this program, who've been in this business for a long time. They know how it works, they've seen it all, and it it's very rewarding. And though like you have to pay for it, we don't because we're employees there, people have to pay for it. it is rewarding in that sense like you don't feel so confused you don't feel so lost you feel like oh there's a place for me there's a place for a weirdo like me in this world and that's these institutions and those institutions often lead not all the time but they often lead to opportunities to make a living off this stuff yeah it's great yeah it's it feels i i understand that like it feels really good like oh i'm not crazy oh i'm not gonna fail or anything like i there are places that accept people like me yeah yeah, that is that is how it feels. That I mean, that's how it feels even just like being there, of like, oh, I'm fucking with my people right now. Like, yes, this, this is the thing that always felt like it was missing, you know. Right. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Like if I if I hadn't smoked and my eyes weren't so dry, I think I'd be crying right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think the auditions. I'm just like stuck. <laughs> the, like the auditions were what scared me the most. I was well, like, I feel like that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, I have to spend 15 minutes proving to these people that I have what it takes, and I don't even know if I have what it takes. Like, this is terrifying. And just after you get that, like, email or phone call, of, like, you passed, you're in, it's just like, oh my God, maybe I'm not such a big piece of shit after all. <laughs> like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And yeah, it feels so good. Like, and there are always going to be days like that's, this is one thing I've had trouble getting over, but now I'm like basically over and I've accepted it of like, there are always going to be days where everything you pitch sucks. Your, your scenes are horrible. You're not coming up with anything good. You're embarrassing yourself and bringing people down with you. Honestly, like there are always going to be days like that, but there are also going to be those days where you fucking crush. You're on it. You feel good. You're like, I have value here. And those are the days that like push you forward and keep you going. And that was, I remember like at the beginning somewhat like, well, at the beginning it was magical. It's like, oh my God, we're all excited. We're all in here. But like the tail end of the beginning, you're like, oh, this sucks. Like, why am I, why is everything I'm coming up with shit? Why are the, why is this person so much better than me? Why can they do these characters and I can't and nothing comes to mind? 
And you kind of, once you push through that, you're like, oh, wait, I'm not going to be on all the time. I'm not going to be good all the time. You know, it's going to, we're human beings and we're going to have bad days and good days. And now I've gotten to that point where like, you kind of embrace those bad days, or at least I embrace them. Like, they're just natural. There's no way I can fix it. It's going to happen. And I know that maybe next week will be better or the week after that it'll be better. So I'm happy to be at that point because it is like soul crushing for a bit there. <laughs> Um, do you, how do you get inspiration for like characters? Ooh, um, well definitely draw from real life is what has helped me. I like remember people that I've met, um, and they're luckily they're very specific cause I grew up in Michigan and here in Chicago, like they're very different from people in Michigan. So it seems very unique to people here, but also like. There's people I think are funny that I've seen on YouTube or like, I kind of like caricaturize that, like people I've met in real life, like finance bros. Uh, <laughs> they're like oh. interviews I've been in, jobs I've worked in. They all kind of like plant seeds. And when I'm creating characters, I'll like kind of, I'll pick these character traits that like stuck out to me with random people or just like kind of make them up with like, what do I think is funny about people? And then I like, I like to work it out like, out loud like vocally I, you Rachel I think you've heard it a few times because you lived with me for a bit and so <laughs> heard me like just spouting off dumb shit and so I'll have to like say it out loud or like improvise to myself like how would I pretend to be this character and then I'll write um, and yeah it's usually like an amalgamation of people I've met in real life or I've interacted with or seen that I think are funny with like what I think is funny and combining those two and then just working it out but I've never like come up with a character right away that I think is good. It's always been like, I've had to work on it and keep adding on it. And then finally I'm like, oh, this character is a three dimensional person now. Like now it's fully fledged and I can actually uh, show this to people. Hmm. Well, as much as I would love for this to be a three hour episode, <laughs> um, we just hit hour two. Um, I'm sorry. And it is 8 o'clock, and Jason's thing is very soon. Um, and I have to go home and change still. Shout out to Jason. Shout out to Dude, Jason. For real? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Shout out to the homies. Jason, Tommy, Murray, Nyla, Summer, and Luke. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, jeez. Love the death. Um, okay. Uh, well, as, as we do... Which you wouldn't know because you've not heard any of our episodes. Um, you now have an opportunity to um, say anything, promote anything. Um, it's just like last words. You have the whole floor, no prompt, no nothing. You can say whatever you want. Read The Onion. It's an amazing publication. You have a lot of really hardworking comedy writers putting it all together every day not just once a week it's every single day we're putting in work so please read the onion keep up with rachel and morgan they're obviously so talented and they're going places and i'm very excited to see it uh also second city shows are going on so many talented people there check them out um oof i think that's it those are all the plugs that i have i mean those that's basically my life right now so <laughs>
Just plugging that. Oh, uh, Nick Zanies. Hall. Oh, yeah, Zanies. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, please go to Zanies. They sell out all the time, so they don't necessarily need the help, but. <laughs> like, the Onion them. needs the help. Yeah, I guess. Or yeah. Second City needs the help. Dude, when I got hired to the Onion, I, like, looked up their worth and, like, their value, or their net worth, I guess, technically, because I was like, are they really that big anymore? I mean, come on, it's the Onion. Like, who's really reading that? And they're worth more than the Washington Post. They're worth, <laughs> they're worth $500 million, bro. Dude, yeah. I didn't know that. That was just <laughs> shocking to me. So anyway, yeah, support Zanies. A lot of amazing stand-ups there. If we, ever get a, if we ever get a listener from Chicago yes, yes. who's not one of three people who work with us. Support Riley Woolen and Harry Jensen. I work with those two. We have a sketch group called Indoor Recess, and they're so talented. Support Nick Hall and Brandon McIntosh from The Locals. They're amazing. And um, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Don't support anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Just them. Well, not even you. us. Yeah, yeah. Not even Rachel Morgan. They're <laughs> fourth on the queue. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This was wonderful. You're welcome. Thank you for being on here. Learned a lot. Oh, wow. Me too. Yeah, nice. you'll be back. For sure. Yay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What a turn from the beginning of this. Of this. <laughs> I wouldn't be back. So. <laughs> no, no, you'll be, you'll be back. There's so many more questions that we did not get to. Um, and I knew this was going to happen. So, <laughs> so, you know, like, we'll we'll continue this at a later date and hopefully not too much later of a date. Um, Fantastic. Looking forward to it. But yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. Toodaloo. <laughs> Toodles. <laughs> Bye. Bye.